Welcome to another deep dive episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE. I'm Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello, hello. And Eric Silver. Uh, happy to be back on the podcast with a, a deep dive that will um, go in a lot of different directions. <laughs> and cover about two months worth of stories. Uh, in the interim, we're kind of uh, tackling some of the storylines that we missed along the way. And for this one, we are looking at the tag team of D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry and the many complicated relationships with women that they have along the way. Um, our story so far, after nearly assaulting China during the Nation DX feud, Mark Henry has sued China for sexual harassment after she kicked him in the dick. After writing poetry to her and having her arrested, Mark Henry agreed to drop Mark Henry now agreed to drop the suit against China if she would go on a date with him. Meanwhile, Terry Runnels, formerly Marlena, was with Val Venus, told Val Venus that she was pregnant with his child. He told her that he had a vasectomy. She tried to reunite with Goldust, telling him the baby was his. He spurned her as well. Terry then teams up with Jackie, who had recently split with Mark Marrow. Remember when that guy was a thing? Uh, and they formed PMS Pretty Mean Sisters. Everybody's with me? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Marrow isn't, but that's a good thing, probably. We start on the November 30th episode of Monday Night Raw, where... Mark Henry is talking to D'Lo in like a hotel lobby in front of a Christmas tree where he is trying to convince D'Lo Brown that D'Lo should come on the date with China because he is so handsome. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, it, it's funny, like looking at my notes, I was just like, I think I was like literally going through uh, what a viewer would go through, you know, not knowing what's happening. Right. So like, mm -hmm. My notes are literally like, Mark Henry's asking D'Lo to go on a date with him? <laughs> and I'm like, is Mark Henry pretty womaning D'Lo? And then, uh, th yeah, and then we get to, you know, the, the, the kicker, which is he wants to make, uh, he wants D'Lo to be the chauffeur, which I thought was funny. I was charmed by this. I, I was charmed by this, this little interaction. Uh, and I find that I generally do like these kinds of uh, the wrestlers go out on the town segments where even like i think another one that from recent memory was when sheamus and cesaro first linked up and they had that sort of bar brawl and we'll get to the actual bar later but uh i like seeing them in hotel lobbies i like seeing them especially like a holiday episode you guys know i love a christmas episode so i feel <laughs> yes. like having this like the, the trimmings and the the gay apparel everywhere uh already i'm on board so i, I i'm already very invested in this <laughs> It's it's also just funny watching wrestlers be like especially wrestlers from that time like being quote unquote normal people. Like, you know, you're used to them in like in a ring and and surrounded by weird shit. So when they're, you know, when they're just like among humans and you see what they look like compared to other humans, it's just it's so weird and jarring. It's like when you have a bunch of action figures from separate like uh, intellectual yes. properties and you're like, I got all these yes. Batman action figures and I got this like one weird toxic Avenger figure that doesn't quite fit with the others. Um, and it's yeah. obvious. Yeah. That's definitely what it seems like. I, 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 
it's so funny you mentioned that because I do feel like that's like the vibe I had from watching a lot of this. Like, wow, I was like, remember when wrestling was like this? Which I guess is the point of like, you know, this podcast. But <laughs> it did really yeah, there strike was, me here. There there was a time just yeah, you, you really you really like hit a vein of truth with uh with your action figures from different IPs. I remember uh there was a time where I was playing, like, I, I think I had, like, you know, X-Men action figures or something. Sure, you and, were, like, um, 17, 18 years old. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, like, they didn't, they didn't have um, Archangel at the time, or maybe, like, if they did, it was kind of a bullshit Archangel. So I remembered uh, using the G.I. Joe from uh, from the movie, from the G.I. Joe the movie, the one that was, um, like, Enforcer, the guy who's, like, uh, he was part of Cobra He's Law. He's part of the Cobra Law. He's got, like, knives on his arms, I want to say. Well, no, he had wings. He didn't have knives on his arms, too? Maybe. Maybe I remember he did, him, but... I remember him cutting with his elbows in a downward motion during the G.I. Joe movie. Very vividly. Yeah, he probably he probably had, like, talons or uh-huh. something on his, on his elbows. You, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, like it, he was such a close proximity to, to Archangel that I was like, all right, like <laughs> this guy, he, this guy's just a little shorter than the other guys, but he's going to hang out with you. And that's what it feels like when you see D'Lo Brown in a hotel lobby. <laughs> yes. A hotel lobby that was never, that was never built and conceived for wrestlers. Like <laughs> the architect. <laughs> The architect is like is like like sipping on a bourbon in the corner, just like going, "Oh, I never even realized." It's like well, them walking through Toontown in Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of Maryland is uh, historic buildings, and they just built them a lot shorter back then. People were shorter, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, "We don't have any giants here. We will never have a giant." <laughs> So, yeah, so as Eric alluded, outside there is a limo. Um, D'Lo is feeling underdressed for the occasion, so he starts by getting a jacket, some new sunglasses for, you know, all that that (laughs) night. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally the chauffeur's jackets. The idea of Mark Henry renting a limo but not getting a driver with it is so (laughs) fun. Like, haggling it down is like, well, I'll take the car, but uh, you can leave the guy at home. Look, he needs yeah, a limo it was a, it, to go. He needs a limo to <laughs> go. It, it was a zip limo. <laughs> oh, so then they get in the limo and then they drive around to the same hotel lobby because all the <laughs> WWE stars are staying at the same place. <laughs> Um, so they pick up China with flowers, um, and I loved China when she realized that it was D'Lo as the chauffeur, just going, D'Lo, as, just like the scorn <laughs> and the condemnation in her voice during that I thought was perfect. I do love that China's wearing what I would consider to be a default 1998 outfit, which is like <laughs> yeah. denim and leather in some combination that is appropriate for everywhere and nowhere all at once. <laughs> Um, you always have that very sort of like matte leather jacket that's like a leather jacket with no details, just like one piece of leather with sleeves cut into it. That's just, it's very flat. There's no embellishment. Everybody had it at that point. Uh, it's just very 90s. She has her brown lipstick on and she just is walking straight out of like a, 
like a primetime sitcom, I feel like. It was just like a very 90s outfit that it looked right perfect for every scene she was in. And at the same time, everywhere she looked, she looked incredibly out of place. I mean, I was just so I was so struck by the fact that like when she when she goes into the ring, her ring gear is a lot more like alluring and sexy than than what you (laughs) what she wore for this. I was like, it, it looked like when Heartbreak Kid is kind of like coming into you know as the commissioner well i guess he kind of he kind of wears like um like uh khakis but maybe in like the older days when he was still wrestling and he would kind of come in but not in wrestling gear i feel like it's the same kind of outfit meanwhile it's november and she's wearing what like is essentially like a sleeveless leather halter okay yeah all right (laughs) So they're headed down to, and I finally was able to identify the neighborhood. They're headed down to Fells Point, which um, I probably would have moved to Fells Point if I hadn't moved to Brooklyn. It was kind of those two choices when my my life diverged to bring me here. So you're lucky wow. I'm not. <laughs> you're lucky that I'm not on a podcast called like hunting a cell phone or something like that. <laughs> yeah, G- real sliding upon. doors moment. Yeah, gaze upon the path untaken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is you're here for crab talk. Uh, with me as always is my uh, crab historian, uh, Daryl. You're here for shell and a hellphone. Hell and a shell phone, or shell and a hell phone for some reason. Hell and a cell phone. Shell and a shell and a cell phone. Shell and a cell phone. There it is. But I also like shell and a hell phone. <laughs> Love us, disagree, want to throw old Bay in our eyes. <laughs> uh, Happy to be part of the podcast. Uh, Go, uh, go, pay, uh, uh, go, Redskins. <laughs> what? Right? Aren't the aren't the aren't the Redskins like the Maryland favorites? No, man. Uh, Ravens. Oh fuck. Go, Ra- yeah. Never mind. Joey Flacco. <laughs> and we don't use that word anymore. <laughs> um, Chido walking up to to the restaurant looks down at the roses that Mark Henry has bought her and and realizes that there's a dollar ninety nine price tag. Now these are a dozen beautiful long stem roses that apparently Mark Henry has been able to find for a dollar ninety nine, and I think that's commendable. Yeah, I would be like a dollar ninety nine for these. Where'd you get them? What's that <laughs> website again? I'm like that's that's, that's the only appropriate reaction. <laughs> um. <laughs> You so just got AOL.com slash flowers slash <laughs> deals. And, uh, no, it's your send doing... us your gas bill. <laughs> just type flower into the keyword. <laughs> <laughs> Click on country. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going into um, the amazingly named. Baltimore Jack, which is a great name for a bar. I think we can all agree. As a bunch yeah, of totally. like goons outside are hooting at them at their arrival. Uh, which happens at bars all the time. People pull up to bars on dates and people <laughs> hoot and cheer at them as they walk up. 
That's why I haven't gone on a date since I got married. It's just like, I can't deal with the cheering. <laughs> All the hooting. Well, that's um, why 7 o'clock every night is date night, date time, and that's why we all leave our homes and cheer to the streets for everybody who is out on dates. Who is on the date. <laughs> our first daters. Um, wait, so are they at the bar before or after they go for dinner? Because there was a funny thing about – I noticed one funny thing about them eating dinner together before well, Mark – uh, tries to get China to go dancing. Oh, oh, is, is we're, this the poem or what? We're getting because yes, the poem which, we need to talk about because the poem is next, well, and we need to talk a lot about this poem. Okay, there's please. the poem, but there's also the royalty-free Marvin Gaye music. <laughs> it was like it was like it was like not what's going on, or, or no, it was it was um, I think maybe it was like uh, either what's going on or like Mercy Me, but oh, like it was yeah. not those. Yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And the music is so loud, and Mark Henry is mumbling so much that I had to turn on the captions for oh, the poem. Same, 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 oh, same. Good. Oh, good. Me too, me too. And they're crazy. Oh, they're... <laughs> well, well, it starts right, the off. Aaron, are you going to do a reading for us? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some things for sure. Um, the captions are basically a guessing game done by a person, a person who is very plugged into certain amounts of pop culture and not on things at all. But it starts out, the first thing he says is, I told them because they got a hound dog. Before the poem even starts, he's wiping his mouth because dinner has just finished. Now, mind you, they've been at this bar for 20 minutes of raw time, <laughs> which you include some commercials. 30 minutes, they arrive at the bar, get drinks, finish their drinks, order their food, get their food, and finish their meal. So, so Baltimore Jacks is all about the turnaround. And he wipes his mouth and he goes, I told them because they got a hound dog, which I think is accurate. I think that's what he says at that point. I told them because I got a hound dog? Wait, because what? they got a hound dog. I think it was like I, I told them to bring out a lot of food because oh. they got a hound dog here, right? Oh. Maybe? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they got to turn over that two-top. It's a Monday night, okay? So they got they got lines at Baltimore Jacks hooting and hollering on the streets. <laughs> you gotta get those people inside. Baltimore Jacks was originally a Taco Bell cantina, so that's why they're able to serve that shit so fast. Well, they just they just got the Pizza Hut little boxes that are under the warmers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then we get to the poem, which starts off: "A slow song don't mean nothing without a woman in my life." Okay, that's a poem. Great. It sounds like a country song, but yeah. Good, I'll take it. I'll take it. Judges will accept it. Okay, good so far. And then he starts just listing off like R&B artists like I like Luther Fred and Freddie, which the captions <gasps> turned into I like Lou Ferrigno. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's yep. what I got. Yes. I got I like Lou yep. Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then and then um Aaron Hall turns into Anna Hall. 
And the hall. Okay, you know what? Okay, now I didn't know what he was saying. Actually, I only knew what the captions were saying, and I thought it was like a pop culture thing. So I got I like Lou Ferrigno, I like Freddie, and I like An- Anna Hall. And I thought he was saying he likes Annie Hall, like the Woody Allen movie, because at that point we didn't know better. And so problematic, problematic. I don't, I don't know who Freddie is. I thought maybe Freddie Mercury, and I thought it was a very me weird too. Thing me too. To be like I like the TV's version of the Hulk. Freddie Mercury and <laughs> Diane Keaton's funky character in Annie Hall. Like, that is weird three things to put in a poem. Uh, China, you see, the thing about it is, uh, I don't know, I gotta talk to my analyst before I get into the ring later. <laughs> what a weird uh, three things uh, to like. Because it's, it's Luther Vandross, it's, um, I want to say Freddie Gibb. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't okay. even matter. Um, so then they chose, to- toasted. China grabs the bottle of wine. Mark Henry tells him, we know what's coming next. And China's like, whoa there, Mark. And it's like, no, it's time for dancing. Love it. I love it. Yeah. I want to go on a date with Mark Henry. Me too. We get to people cheer everywhere you go. <laughs> His friends driving you around. And, like, you know, you get to, like, you get a you get a nice poem, then it's like let's go dancing. Yeah, Not to mention, he calls the head to the restaurant and lets him know the hound dog is coming, so your food comes super fast. <laughs> Dinner done in twenty minutes. Let's go. <laughs> I, honestly, my kind of date. So Mark Henry is dancing like your uncle does at a wedding. Um, China begrudgingly gets up and claps along for like I would say several Mark Henry- seconds. Mark Henry looks like a boulder trying to impersonate Axl Rose. <laughs> Wait, say that again because it made sense, but now it doesn't make sense. He looks like a boulder uh-huh. trying to impersonate Axl Rose. Like the way he's sort of slinking around is as if he's trying to be Axl Rose, but he can't do it very well because he's a boulder. <laughs> It's it's like the shuffle. He's doing the shuffle. Yeah, yeah. it's like a slinking, like a shuffling. But he can't really extend too much because he is, again, made of stone. <laughs> they, they look like big, strong hands. Uh, but China, China I told was... them I'd be a hound dog. <laughs> then there was nothing. <laughs> um, China's a good sport. But then she's like sitting down and Mark Henry goes to powder his nose and he is gone for less than a second when three (laughs) like local enhancement talent shows up to try to cut a little rug. They were like basically acting like an uh, like uh, an unhinged Adam Sandler character, like at their most like you know uncontrollable id or whatever. They're like, I don't know, Mister Swan. Like that's what they actually (laughs) spoke like. And it made, I was like, what, what is anything right now? They even kind of like did a weird, almost an Arrested Development Bluth family chicken sort of, uh, yes. intimidation not, tactic. Not the first time the Arrested Development, uh, chicken dance is going to come up in this episode. <laughs> I don't know why, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, it's like Chekhov's chicken dance on the <laughs> So so the way Fuck. this the way this sets up is the three of them walk over, two of the guys start dancing with each other 
The other one is turned away. <laughs> My kind of party, Baltimore Jack, man. They notice China, and then I, I like if you see the thought process in their heads, like, "Hey, Phil really likes muscle-bound women in leather halter tops. We should tap him on the shoulder so he can mack on her, or the three of us could go over there together." Also, I mean, just why? I feel like why did Mark Henry choose the whitest bar in Baltimore? Like, literally, it's just like full of all of these goobers. There's not, literally only men there too, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, he doesn't have uh, access to Zagat's. Yeah, he 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 just he asked like the hotel concierge, well, which also was D'Lo in a little bellhop hat. <laughs> <laughs> also, though, Eric, let's be real. None of the writers from the WWE or F at this time or since have watched The Wire. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is... <laughs> Not exactly a group that's gonna like know about like the best uh, places yeah. like authentic in the community. Big boss man was like, "How about you call me good police?" And they're like, "What? <laughs> we don't understand what you're talking about." That is not the last time that the wire is gonna come up in this recording <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you're gonna have to wait till next week for that one. Oh, boy. Uh, um. Yeah. So he basically went down to the front desk. He was like. Where is the the restaurant where someone is most likely to do a bad Austin Powers impression? Like, are you horny, baby? Do or I Randy? make yeah? Do I make you yeah. horny, baby? Is his is his number two pickup line after? That's what, what he a, said. What I, a, I didn't even. Oh miss yeah, that. yeah, yeah. After you want to cut a little rug, he went into that. But um, by by the way, I kept captions on uh, after dinner because I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know what what Mark Henry's gonna come up with. I oh, should keep these captions on. Oh, 100%. And the caption said. Do you want to cuddle in a rug? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the famous uh, famous Baltimore di- dish. Instead of pigs in a blanket, it's cuddle in a rug. You put a little cuttlefish in there, <laughs> add a little Old Bay. <laughs> Welcome back to Shell and a Hell Phone. <laughs> We're here at, uh, at Paulie's Restaurant. Uh, <laughs> We're... We're raiding their cuddle in rugs. I love, I love how your 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 Baltimore is just Philly, though. I no, I know I can't. Boston last time too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can literally only do that. Or Bill Swirsky's super fans. It's a very Catherine Hepburn like transatlantic accent. <laughs> <laughs> Trans- I'm Anyone from the continent. Place in time. Yes, it's like <laughs> only like Catherine Hepburn and Jessica Lang do it today. Yeah. <laughs> Oh fuck. Um so so lead asshole then because China has spurred him goes, "Hey, I'm talking to you, bitch." Uh China takes him out, then Mark Henry shows up to take out his two friends. And then we are left to to believe that they run off together giggling into the night at the uh at what they've accomplished together. This is just the first episode. We've got like <laughs> Eight oh, more man. of these. To go. But this is the big. This is the. I mean, th- there's like two or three big ones. This yeah. Is, there's a, this is this had the most to break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There there were multiple segments here. Uh. So, come to two weeks later, um, the December fourteenth episode, Mark Henry and D'Lo come out with Terry and Jackie, the aforementioned PMS. Um, Terry just walks with her stomach first like her stomach leads 
as she go as though she's like a hobo in search of a pie she walks she walks the way that sable dances it's all uterus first <laughs> well to be fair terry was floating over the ground following just sunlight <laughs> to an open window <laughs> so i can um, see how you were confused <laughs> her maiden name was actually terry porker she's uh she's from the the extended Spider Ham universe. Well, Terry Porker is how she was um, credited on Valvinus's film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark lets us all know I am a lover, not a fighter, um, which isn't a really good look for your professional fighting career. <laughs> <laughs> World's loveliest man. <laughs> And then we get a bedtime story from Mark Henry, and the bedtime story is I had sex with China and D'Lo filmed it. The end. Yeah. Was this part of the whole chauffeur thing? Like, was he wearing the hat? Like, no, at this point, he had given, had taken off the hat, he gave him a clipboard and, uh, and a the camera. Shot list. Yeah. I, I will say uh, prior... You know, like if I had if I had watched this segment, uh, you know, where, you know, the idea of like uh, Mark Henry and China having sex while D'Lo videotapes. If I hadn't seen uh, a certain sex tape in real life, I would not have thought that that's a realistic scenario. But it turns out it actually is. It's an incredibly realistic scenario, it turns out. Right. Like (laughs) it maybe maybe life imitates art. I don't know. Maybe that's what that was what those guys uh talked about right before that happened yeah that it's part of it's part of uh wwe's onloading at this point new talent comes in and they have to go over how exactly you get your your wrestling friend to film your sex tape with another wrestler well yeah. it, it kind of goes it goes back to bobby's uh idea about how to use wwe's ip like you can go back and like tell an animated story of the Undertaker's origins, or you can do a real life version of what D'Lo, Mark Henry, and China said they did. <laughs> oh boy. Um, should we go to the next week? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. We should. <laughs> okay. So next week, D'Lo is upset because Mark's attention is not on the upcoming match. But um, because there are certain women waiting for him behind a purple door. Uh, Delos is upset because this is unprofessional. Anyone have anything right. anything to say about that first segment there? No, no. But so- uh, Because 24 minutes of raw time plus commercials, they're still discussing this in front of the same door. <laughs> Well, what, I mean, knowing knowing now what happens, they probably should have talked it out more. He really should have thought about it harder because he made the wrong choice despite all those deliberations. So Mark Henry knocks on the door. The door opens, and it's Terry and Jackie. And so they must have been spending that entire 24 minutes deciding what they were going to say on their coordinated come-hitherto welcome. <laughs> But at the same time, they go, sexual chocolate, we're ready for you. No, no, you go low, I go high. (laughs) Get on pitch. 
You're up here. I'm down here. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. So Terry has a seven-course meal from soup to nuts plan, starting with a shower. Meal- well, he told them they, that they had a whole hound dog coming. <laughs> and every meal should start with a shower also. From now on, you know, honestly, post-corona, it's going to. We're going to show up for dinner and have to take a shower first. <laughs> we got to go through decontamination. Yeah, this is our new normal. <laughs> And then we cut to outside where D'Lo is angrily taking off his shirt. D'Lo has kind of given the vest a rest. I don't know what, 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 if, did he like, did he send it into the tri cleaner? Like what's going on? Why is he no longer use the vest? He's using it it's, later. So he it's might yeah. be vestless for the moment. Cause they were uh, like, okay. in, they, they were, were like in street clothes, except he was wearing his wrestling pants. And then I feel like later on pants. when he's again, <laughs> when again, when we cut to outside and he's doing pushups, um, I think he has his vest on then. Okay, guys, idea, pitch. This is what I want a TV series about. I want, like, a Grey's Anatomy sort of sexy workplace about all the wrestlers, like, dipping into on-call rooms to, like, do what PMS is doing here to Mark Henry. <laughs> like, because on Grey's Anatomy, they're always, like, dipping into an on-call room between surgeries to, like, fuck like crazy because their jobs are so demanding and they're so horny all the time. And if that's what's happening in the WWF at this time, I want that. I want that story. I want to see them I like, mean, ducking into Vince's office for a little, like, I just couldn't keep my hands off you anymore. And they all, you know, like, you know, partner swap and whatever. They're doing Grey's Anatomy. Isn't that how they got the slop bucket for the Godwins? Oh. Like, <laughs> they just, just duck into an on-call room and just masturbate into a bucket? They call a quickie, put your head in the fucking toilet. Yeah. <laughs> They're all in that um, hotel. What do you expect to happen? <laughs> So inside, Terry and Jackie have changed into the sexy 90s that they packed for the wrestling show. They start. Um, first of all, they're also dry. They were in the shower, and now they're dry. There is not a, there is not a, a lick of moisture on them, which is ironic given that in, in wrestling, everybody comes out with extra moisture. You see, they yeah, got the out one of the time. shower. They had the full locker room to themselves. They turned all of the hand blowers on them, and they just stood in front of them until they were <laughs> bone dry. The Their director hair- didn't yell cut. He yelled, get that water off of them. <laughs> uh, their hair is impeccable because they just put a giant tarp over them while they're showering. <laughs> yeah, they, they went to throw some water on them. A little bit of history you guys don't know. That was actually Patterson and Briscoe silhouettes in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Barbara. Um, They start undressing Mark Henry. Then the hound dog collar goes on, literally. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) We got to keep in mind that undressing Mark Henry took about seven real minutes of airtime. Where they, in real time... (laughs) Would not cut away, would not show us anything else than Terry and Jacqueline struggling with every item. Mark Henry also had to wear pants that I guess were also part of a bee suit or something. Like, there was just, everything had so many buttons and buckles. (laughs) He was fastened in there like a child's play blanket. But everything was buckles yeah. and zippers and buttons for no reason. Uh, no, no. I feel like they needed. I feel like they needed the pants and boxers from Nathan for You's like Claw of Shame episode, <laughs> where they just have big loops that they could pull on to pull his pants down. 
Uh, now I'm just picturing Mark Henry in the Blind Melon No Rain video. <laughs> uh, okay, it's whipped cream time. Um, oh, no, no. First, Mark lies face down. The massage starts. The ball gag goes in. Then it's whipped cream time. Also, wait. I mean, we, there's still so many details we got to parse out between then and now. Because, Go ahead. Or now and what's before. Because it, during the slow undress, when his pants get stuck on his shoes, because of course they do, because they always do. Rookie mistake, you guys. Uh, didn't take his shoes off first. And he's like, this guy got out through the awkward part or whatever. And then Terry goes, I'm never awkward or nothing's ever awkward for me or something like that. And I was like, this dialogue, please cut away. I'm begging you. Cut away to anything. Cut away to literally anything. It was Ex so uncomfortable and boring. Except when they do cut away, Bobby, it's to JJ's list of things that pissed <gasps> him off. Was that this episode? That was no. this episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It goes, the Dennis it Leary goes stuff? From it goes from uh, Mark Henry covered in whipped cream to Jeff Jarrett hating world hunger, holy wars, and ugly women in politics. Hillary Clinton, stand by your man. Uh, he said off. semen stained dresses several times. Yeah, he said it a lot. Wait, wait, but also I do want to say that uh, Terry did an amazing job applying that whipped cream. She really did, like, a perfect Fibonacci spiral. Like, if I was in some sort of Dan Dan Brown film, I would see that and cock my head sideways and be like, something, this reminds me of something in the code. Because it was, like, a perfect, a perfect Fibonacci spiral on his stomach. Okay. I have to, I'll be, I'm going to be honest. I'm very, I, I give Mark Henry a lot of credit for not doing any of those scenes with a boner. Like... There's a there was a lot going on and a lot and I kept I I had like um <clears throat> I don't know you, you know how like they have like a uh, the kiss cam but I had like the Mark Henry like boner cam on his on his boxers just to be like come on you got there's got to be movement here I could not accept that he was like yeah this is just uh this is just uh entertainment we're just doing wrestling entertainment I actually watch the boner cam on every match we watch. It's weird. Uh, how, uh, it's, that setting is always turned on for me. Uh, yeah. Well, did Mark Henry talk for this or what? Yeah. Right. Get some athletic tape and just strap it to his right thigh. Because at some point, Terry is licking the whipped cream off of his stomach, and then they cut away, and when they cut back to him, all of the whipped cream is gone. And so I don't know if what they're implying is that it It was Vince Russo off, who finished the rest. Or that Terry sat there little by little and ate that entire can of whipped cream off of his body. <laughs> For ten minutes, she just kept going, I feel so sick. I feel so sick. She'd be very sick. So now Mark Henry is blindfolded. He's all tied up. We we cut away again and and there's just a, a sound clip there of Michael Cole saying to Jerry the King Lawler that pregnant women can be sexy during the Job Squad versus the Acolytes match. <laughs> He's right. Really He's right. The take, that's the takeaway from all of this, I think. That's really what they were going for and I think they nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, there's a reason why Terry used whipped cream and not, let's say, sushi or uh, deli meats Anything or alcoholic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or secondhand smoke. Uh, you know, <laughs> she was she was very safe. Oh, uh, 
D'Lo can't wait anymore. It's uh, the music is being played. Meanwhile, Mark yells, "I'm coming! I'm coming!" Yeah. Subtle, and very subtle. Yeah. I like that touch. He also had a giant C clamp on his dick. Well, not e- no, we don't know that yet. Oh, okay. I thought he did. I thought he was yelling, "I'm coming!" It was on. Cause oh no, D-Lo, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Because yeah, yeah. D'Lo goes down for the match against the Headbangers, and then as that's happening, we cut backstage to where he's got a C clamp on his dick, and he's getting furiously whipped. Also, just Didn't the, give... when did when did the vibrator come out? It oh, came I out before the vibrator. Never... Yeah, I want to know when the vibrator went in. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> yeah, right. I saw it come out, and she was like, "We're gonna vibrate now," and it was like buzzing. It was like a, it was like a, an egg on a string. I was like, "Where? What? Who?" Uh, uh, so I don't with, know who that was inside of. Without a flared base, but yeah, with... there was a string though. It was like poltergeist. But with with that, str- <laughs> okay, is that okay? No, no, okay. don't okay. do that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not advocating for it, but I'm saying that was their plan for sure. But that might have been a vibrator to go inside a vagina. And they might have I... been like putting it in each other is what they were saying. Because he was very excited about it in a way that like anal play was not on the table in 1998. <laughs> so like, I just feel like it wasn't supposed to have gone in him. But maybe the also, I mean, I don't know. A C-clamp wasn't supposed to go there either. Which, again, shout out to the closed captioning, ca- calling it a C-clamp, S-E-A. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that Which too. I think is perfect for Shell and a hell phone. It uh, it was actually it was Ariel doing the closed captioning. She's got <laughs> she's like I got thingamajigs. <laughs> What's its galore? I they, got a C clamp. They put a C clamp on a snork. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just thinking about what Ariel would have done with a bunch of like sex toys that she found in the ocean uh, someone had to have done this sketch that sketch has to be out there i think someone like did right all, all ariel's dildos and they're all like all different weird shapes and tentacles and shit she's like here's the thing about mom here's a doodad yeah um if not we're uh, writing that as soon as this episode is done uh the king is again the worst during all of this um scream about hot wax a vibrator and the they're they're doing what they're doing what and then the only thing that anyone can think of with any kind of like sexual deviance at the end Ultimate of heightening. the 90s how many gerbils yeah okay Ugh. now we all agree that's a terrible joke and it's like so low base bullshit it's it's ridiculous that it's 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 hacky it was never not hacky now, what I've been thinking, though, is I've transcended to a new layer of this joke, okay? Okay. What I'm thinking, because Richard Gere is not that good of an actor, okay? So it's not like he's going to withstand the test of time. He's not going to be like Lawrence Olivier, okay? Who's, so, the, who's the new gerbil joke? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that Richard Gere was the gerbil joke. But uh-huh, a century yeah. from now, or whatever, 50 years from now, uh, assuming we're still alive or anything happens in society, uh, there will be a whole generation of people who are like, wait, what? What, what would people, people just say gerbils for sexual deviancy and we'll have no context. They'd be like, what do they mean? They'd be like, oh, well, we all used to believe that this heartthrob actor used to put gerbils up his ass. And, and there, people are going to be shocked to figure that out. And I find that very funny. Explaining to people the origin of gerbils as sexual deviancy to be very funny. Except, you no know, one oh, I mean, no one else? <laughs> what? No, no, you're, you would be right, Bobby, except. South Park did an episode with a gerbil in it that I think will will then people will point to that as the origins of gerbils as sexual deviancy. 
And they'll they'll probably also just be like, yeah, we all use gerbils in our asses. What like <laughs> yeah. I don't get back why then, they were so we weird believed. back then. <laughs> love is love is love. Uh um D'Lo holds his own through a lot of this match here. Um but uh, obviously can't take the former tag team champions on on his own. Um, and then eventually, after losing, Mark Henry comes out in boxers, dripping with oil, with manacles dangling. Uh, to which D'Lo says, I told your fat ass. And then Mark meekly says, they tied me up, man. I So I'm, I, I'm having trouble understanding what PMS is actually trying to do. Like, yeah. did they fuck him? Were they fucking him? Or was it like, we're going to pretend to fuck you, but we're really just going to tie you up and, like, titillate you so that you lose the match? Like, none of it really came through for me on anything. Yeah, no, uh, nothing tracks. This is a, I mean, this is a very bad, this whole storyline is very bad for many reasons. But I think I almost forgot how much PMS was involved in this because... They PMS does not stand the test of time very well, like because they don't ever do anything memorable because they don't make any sense. These characters don't make any sense. They're just like plot devices, and it's bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was, I was like watching it, kind of being like, okay, because okay, I'm used to uh, like bad, you know, this narrative in like bad sitcoms or whatever, where it's like. Oh, this like in that Seinfeld, right? Where it's like uh, George winds up with like this hot stranger and they go to a hotel room and she's like, you want me to tie you up? And he's like, yes. And she ties him up. And then she like uh, she's like, you know, basically getting, you know, she looks through his wallet and sees he's got like no no money. And then she just like leaves him there. That's kind of, you know, that's the that's the progression I was expecting but what I got was like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, no, we are going to fuck you. Uh, we we just did fuck you. That's it. I don't know. I think it was also just maybe an excuse to put a threesome on USA. Yeah, no, they have no desire to explain PMS's motivation throughout this entire thing. It just seems to be, let's see how far we can push the men who are willing to be around us. I mean, they can look. Uh, that scene on its own, they can push me as far as they want. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I like if it's me, I just be like, I'm sorry, D'Lo, you gotta like you you gotta schedule a singles match. I'm gonna be unavailable for the next uh, five minutes. Yes, <laughs> and then I'll be asleep for the rest of it. Yeah, I'm a teacher. I would I would miss work in order to uh, in order to do that. Except um, I also have sick days, and wrestlers don't. Yeah, I mean, well, you also have health insurance. <laughs> did Mark Henry escape at the end, or did they let him go? Lawler said he broke free, so I think he was supposed to have broke free. All right. We're spending... Sure, man. Yeah, we're definitely spending way more time on this than any... or thought on this than anyone did in 1998. 100%. Following week, Mark Henry and D'Lo come out... Um, which, which, uh, as they're coming out, King says, I don't really understand that PMS thing. And we all go, we know, King. We know. <laughs> Mark is here to apologize to his girlfriend, China. He's on his knees when PMS comes out. Uh, Terry is not done with Mark Henry. 
but D'Lo tells those glorified ring rats to back up. We good so far? Yep. Mm-hmm. China comes out to tell them for the first time, the last time, and the only time, stay away from my man. Where Jackie and Terry taunt China until China grabs Jackie by the neck and everyone goes apeshit. And this is where Jackie is doing the Arrested Development chicken dance. Okay? <laughs> She's just got it like in front of China going, Oh my god. China, China tells Mark, I'll see you later. And okay, here's something what I here's something that I'd like to clear up for for um later purposes. I would like to establish it on the record right now that that China and Mark Henry have a sexual relationship. Right? As as of this segment, Thank you. they have a sexual relationship, correct? Well, okay. So here we Disagree. are so far. Yeah, cuz apparently so right now, he came out and said they did it, and she just came out and said that that's her man, and she protected him. He already had said that. So, yeah, at this point, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if we're talking chronologically anymore because now my head is hurting thinking about timelines. But I get what you're asking and why you're asking it. But I think we're supposed to, what we don't know, but in the real actual timeline, when we look backwards, Kaiser Sose, uh, is that she is, this is part of the plot that eventually leads to Mark Henry's undoing. That China is like on wow. the, is like on the take now, right? That's the only way it can be interpreted, right? A hundred percent. Oh, it's like it's okay. like the sting, huh? Yeah. Like she's she's like walking out to McMahon and like like taps her nose. It's a long con. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she's and, pulling and, a long con. And the only reason I could say that with such confidence is that I've watched these clips now three times. The first time when I was watching in preparation for our regular episodes. The second time when I was pulling the timestamps for this. And then the third time where I took my notes on it. So, yes, Bobby, I'd say that with complete accuracy. They do not have a sexual relationship. China is doing this as part of her master plan. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you heard it here first. I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. I, you know, I have a real bad win-loss record. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I love it. Uh. So the following week, we got to look at two matches, but not the actual matches, just the aftermath. First, Mark Henry versus Goldust, where at a certain point, China emerges with, quote-unquote, a girlfriend. Their major distraction for Mark Henry is standing there and watching the match. Very distracting. Yeah, look, it works for other for other uh, matches and other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, didn't doesn't Kane distract Undertaker for the same reasons? <laughs> I was trying to find out any background on China's friend here and could find none. I can't even find a uniform agreement on the spelling of Sammy. Uh, I, I think Sammy might be an alias, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, usually I could find like who played. I mean, I found Mrs. Yama like uh, Mrs. Yamaguchi from like when yes. we first started that. So I thought I'd be able to find similar like who played Sammy, like who portrayed Sammy, and like I I found Cloudy. Like I could not find um, like Sammy just disappeared. Like I don't know. Uh, it's bad. I mean, like yikes. Yeah, gone, a ghost. And we'll we get- call that erasure. Yeah, we'll get into the really bad stuff about that soon. Um. Goldust hits Shattered Dreams. 
China helps Mark Henry up but has a confession for him. The other night was incredible, but China is afraid she is not enough woman for Mark. This point she interests. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, back. Uh, I'd like a sidebar with the court, yes. please. Yes. Yes. So. So okay. In the in the logic of the world, is <laughs> is is China saying last night was incredible? Remember when we had sex, even though they did not have sex, and Mark Henry's like, "Oh man, she is playing along. This is great." Is that? No, it? I think they had an incredible time. Uh, like. Playing Scrabble, cuddling in a rug. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted. You want to cut a rug? Why? You decorating a dollhouse or something? (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that before, and I was like, I would have put this in the pilot I read at some point, but it's very funny to me. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so stupid sometimes, and I love you. Uh, but i but also couldn't this be played up as like something was about to happen with them like within the past week but china like couldn't like felt like she couldn't go through with it because she felt like she wasn't enough woman i feel like there's enough here where mark henry is still like credibly thinking that China is um China is still into him. Yes, but the Maybe? question is are is China saying is China playing along that like with the did they not actually still have sex, which we believe is the case. Yes. Gentlemen, the jury, the timeline we've put forth shows that they had no sexual congress at any point. All right. Now I withdraw my objection. No, 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 no. I think this is valid though because China here I I think the key is the language she's using is vague enough as yes. to imply that they're sharing an intimacy that may not be physical. Mm. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, Merriam-Webster <laughs> defines intimacy as... <laughs> I'm nothing but a simple Southern lawyer. <laughs> I ain't nothing but a hound dog here. <laughs> That's why I call ahead I told the court that a hound dog would be here. Sir. There's nothing in the rule book that says a hound dog can't be a lawyer. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna press this logic a little bit further. Um. So according to Mark Henry, China, who has not had sex with him yet, is uh bashful about having sex with mark henry because she doesn't think she'll live up to it so the very first time she wants to have sex with mark henry is by having a threesome yeah okay i i guess i guess every relationship develops differently i would think that threesome with somebody would be kind of like like bringing in a third would be after you're you're intimate with them as as two so you can kind of you know, compare notes, evaluate, <laughs> see if you want to, you know, bring in another, you know, look, you don't know, you know, you don't know what Mark's got going on. Maybe you're more than enough woman for him. Maybe you need another man. Like, you know, why, why uh, throw some flair into the recipe if you haven't actually tasted the cake? I don't know. I feel like this wow. is some like Olympic village shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, right. She's like, I, I heard from uh, from all of the track team from Norway about you, Mark. 
I don't think I can make it. Okay. So this ends with Mark Henry doing a comic feint and, hold, and, and getting up, holding up two fingers incredulously as though this is going to be the thing that happens. I was thinking a lot about how quaint threesomes were in 1999. Like this was, I, I feel like threesomes today are very uh, commonplace or if not commonplace, at least uh, more like widely accepted in pop culture. Like even I'm thinking of a uh, particular beloved Canadian sitcom that wrapped up its final season uh, recently and having threesomes casually like play into the storylines on that. Uh, I think it's very funny because back in 1999, it feels like this was like, stop everything uh record scratch i feel like yeah. now it, i feel like now with pop culture like so isn't what is we the, what the is the beloved window on threesomes what's the beloved canadian sitcom Shit's creek oh oh yeah okay for some reason my mind just when i hear canadian and tv shows degrassi is the only thing that comes to my mind which I'm sure uh, also there was, dealt with threesomes. Yeah. yeah, there was there was that episode. I don't know. I never watched it. Oh my god, I've watched so much of it. I would be I would be I would start a Degrassi watch podcast with you guys next after this. I say when we wrap up the Attitude <laughs> Era, we go back and we watch. It's, like, I already watched Degrassi, so we can do the same roles. We could just yeah. It turns out I've also never seen it, and I will. And I also don't know. I don't have any background. Same. So the other match that night, Edge versus D'Lo Brown. Partway through the match, PMS comes down. Um, King gives a very scientific explanation on morning sickness that includes pickles and ice cream. Terry gets on the apron. D'Lo confronts her. Terry falls off the apron, exposing her entire ass, and the paramedics come out. Um, I also like the commentators called him the elusive edge, which I think is very funny. Uh, As someone who who shows up to fight when the bell rings. So, like, he's... (laughs) easy to find he's got theme music he's not that elusive <laughs> that's not the first time that's gonna come up in today's recording <laughs> but uh uh yeah i this is real bad uh terry uh was just full ass out on that ramp in a way that made me uncomfortable y'all hello oh. yeah no um i'm just thinking about it yeah <laughs> There was just a lot. Uh, they said she was several months pregnant. And uh, yeah, I know. I, I do want to zoom in on that because I do think they should have said several weeks pregnant, considering. Also, considering right. that the, this would be much more traumatic. Yeah, I um, I mean, well, I look it, the the effects of it, you know, or the supposed effects of it are the same. But yeah, I you know, I guess this goes back to uh, Michael Cole's. Uh, note that listen pregnant women can be sexy too so yeah so we are left to to believe that that something has happened with terry who who we up to this point have been told is pregnant uh the following week d'lo comes out with pms and d'lo has pledged that he will do whatever he can to make things up to terry because terry has suffered a miscarriage because of her fall from the ring apron um, what Terry wants is for D'Lo to fight Mark Henry. Mark refuses. Jackie pushes D'Lo into Mark, and Terry punches Mark in the dick. And it's up to China and Sammy to come to his aid and help him out of the ring. Yeah, I like that miscarriage rules are whoever 
causes the miscarriage has to uh, wrestle in a match of the the pregnant woman's choosing. It's like, it's like a kid's bet. Like, if you lose this bet, you have to be my slave for a month. If you cause me to have a miscarriage, you have to do whatever I say. Well, it reminded me of, like, the plot point in the in-world uh, Seinfeld pilot where, like, when they were pitching it to NBC and it was like, oh, uh, I, you know, I re- like, somebody ran into my car, but they didn't have car insurance, so now they have to be my butler. <laughs> I'm like, this is the same thing that they did for D'Lo and Terry. Like, you you ran into my child, and you didn't have uh, child insurance, so now you have to go and and run all these chores, these errands for me. I forgot that that was the plot of that, that pilot. Yeah. Backstage, Mark is in pain, and Sammy lends a hand, locking the door, setting the stage for the big reveal the following week on the January 18th episode of Raw. Should we go to that? Sure. Sure. Okay. Last night on Heat, China gave Mark Henry 24 hours to come clean on something. And if he doesn't, China is going to embarrass her. Finally, um, Mark China comes out. Mark comes out. His mom is here that night. Um, and Mark admits they did not do the wild nor the mild thing. They no. never had sex. Did anybody else have captions on for this? No. Because closed captions for this said, they didn't do the wild thing or the mouth thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes sense contextually for what's about to come. But yes, closed captions said the wild thing or the mouth. I'm so glad we all discovered closed captions on the same assignment. Yes. Uh, Yes. Because these have been, it really did elevate the experience for me. Well, actually the mild thing means cuddling in a rug and they didn't even do that. Yeah, the mouth thing is the mild thing, wouldn't it? Well, no, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. It was the it was the nineties. Like it wasn't that mild. Like uh, blowjobs yeah, were huge. Yeah, I thought the mild thing would be like uh, dry humping, <laughs> <laughs> which feels like you know the spicier version, except uh, mild, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so we come to what is the. The worst part of a story with a lot of bad parts to it, I would say. Um, yeah. Bet we China decides doesn't matter that he's come clean. She is going to roll the film, and on video, um, we see after the uh, attack by PMS that Sammy starts going down on Mark Henry. Um, I mean, and Mark and how and <laughs> I mean, like not even being remotely subtle or suggestive i mean there is essentially a head a bobbin go on <laughs> i was shocked by that though by the graphic how graphic it was actually yeah no no i mean yeah it was some right. usa what's that well it it no you you finish your thought eric because what were you saying I, I, I was gonna say it it really felt like something that like the usa executives like gave a note and were like look man we need some we need some fake blowjobs. We need some like we need a lot of like threesomes in the in these stories. Like let's let's uh, up this sex factor as much as we can. But even Same then, stained dresses. Sorry, but, but yeah, but even <laughs> then, like th- you don't see heads bobbing on cable television at this point. Like you watched like the the late night USA like edited softcore movies. Like they cut away. Blue? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for next week, folks. 
<laughs> and you don't see anything this graphic. And, and again, they're not showing anything, but the suggestibility levels is really pushing it pretty far. Yeah, it's it yes. was it was sort of like when on Girls, uh, Marnie gets her ass eaten, and it's like you don't see his tongue in her asshole, but there's no question what's happening. Right. Yeah, it's enough. Um, so it was enough for Marnie. So that leads to an escalation. Mark starts working his way to Sammy's ass, and then working his way to her front, where he says with lacking any subtlety, you got a penis and he starts throwing up. God. Uh, uh. Yeah. I mean, this is, there's, yep. a, there's nothing else to say except this is just bad. This is some like boys don't cry, crying game, uh, surprise yep. trans, the horrible bullshit things that we don't really see any. I think finally people get the message that we like, cannot do this kind of story anymore. Uh, and I think they've generally stopped. And this is, not even trying to do it even remotely with any um, decency or justice in any sense. Uh, this is just like real bad, 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 scraping the bottom of the barrel bad. Yeah, no, I I just, I was like, I mean, here, the I guess the thing is, like, I was trying to be as sensitive as possible watching it, and I was like, I, you know, I had suspicions earlier on. I was like, what, you know, there, you know, I was something was up with Sammy obviously with the with the way they were presenting her uh but then you know I, I was just like oh no I didn't realize that this was going like full trans panic like it was it was gross and it sucks because China has a real reason to get back at Mark Henry dating back months now and so that this is kind of the way that she's able to get her revenge it it's shitty for everyone involved. Yeah, you you might say she's a shitty friend to Sammy because like, you know, putting Sammy in that position, right? Where it's like, oh, can you uh, can you embarrass my friend to a degree that makes you not feel like a person and also could put you in physical danger? Well, I don't actually don't, just to, to get into the lie. I don't think they're actually friends either in real. I mean, not in real life, but even in story. I think is it Sammy like a hired gun? Is uh, what I took away from this. That that was my interpretation. Yeah. That's. I mean, okay. It's. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. Still bad. Yeah, it's still pretty bad. Sounds like you know. Sounds like Sammy is in a is in a uh, a vulnerable position to not be turning down jobs, and like China is you know just doesn't care about her about her safety yeah it's gross and i hate it and for the fun that we had at the start of this um it it takes all the wind out of um out of everything going on with this story and no one looks no one comes out of this looking good china's the face and like doesn't look good and like i remember even watching this not enjoying this as a kid and really, I mean, you know, back then we didn't really know anything. Um, but truly, though, like I certainly personally didn't have like an, uh, any kind of nuanced understanding of like any sort of trans identity or representation or anything like that to even have any remote, a like the knowledge based understanding or even feel the kinship and community that I understand and feel now. But still, even watching this, I remember when it aired and being like, I just don't like it because it's just like, I don't like that cruelty that like one person is disgusting regard for any reason. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just remember this being gross. It felt really gross to watch again today, especially like in the midst of everything 
uh, so much that has changed since then and so much that's happening now. Uh, it was gross and bad. And it's like, God, this is why people think wrestling is trash. Yeah, there's a, I mean, obviously, and obviously there's so many, uh, there's hatred against so many different types of people in one compact set, like segment, right? Because there is the, you know, there's, there's the trans panic aspect, but then there's also the fact that like, uh, you know, it's supposed to be mortifying to uh, Mark Henry that a man gave him a blowjob. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like it's, it's all, it's all just bad stuff. Yeah. Tough to segue out of that one. Um, but the following week, we still have D'Lo promising to do anything that Terry needs, and that means anything at all. And Terry uh, needs D'Lo to go shopping for him for tampons. <sighs> I, I, oh, my only note for this is I want to know, like, those women working at Walgreens, what's their story? This is, like, fun. I want to spend more time. Yeah. With, I want to spend more time with them. Hey, aren't you D'Lo Brown? Oh, can we get a price check for these extra large? Was it maxi pads Co-tex. or tampons? I could. Yeah, can we get? Can we get? They're, they're extra large, right? Like, first of all, do you get? Do you guys remember when it was supposed to be embarrassing for guys that they had to pick up feminine products? Can I get a like, price check on the Kotex for the big sloppy vaginas? Yeah, the big sloppy ones. <laughs> I did a price check on big sloppy vagina. It's like what? That's not. Come on. But like, but but it's just so funny. Like going back to the like the the original, you know. Obviously, it's it's a it's sort of a trope from around that time period that like, if a man's buying feminine products, that is super embarrassing. But I'm like, but why? It's you're not saying that you use the feminine products, so like, are, is it embarrassing that you're picking something up for your partner? Yes. Like, what was supposed to be the embarrassment? I feel you like got exactly still- right. Still. There's still that joke happening. I feel like that there's like a Tim Allen sitcom that every time I see a preview, it's like literally that exact same joke. <laughs> it's like, oh, gotta buy my daughter tampons again. Oh, it's like literally. I feel like every week, um, whatever that's called, like Last Man Outdoors or whatever. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Last, Last Man, Man Outdoors. outdoors. <laughs> Naked and bigoted. Naked <laughs> and bigoted. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if it was, like, nipple clamps, yes, okay, fine. Not not to kink shame, but, like, if someone doesn't have the kink and they feel a little shame, fine, that's fine. Yeah, I think that the schoolyard taunt is based to make the assumption that, like, oh, is it because you personally have a vagina and we all know that makes you less than? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that, it's, like, it's, ba- it's based on um, the patriarchy, like everything else. It turns out this entire episode is all about the patriarchy. Yeah. Can we can we now go to my favorite like my favorite thing out of all of this? Is that when Terry calls the boss man a pig repeatedly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that, but the so yeah, so the following week, uh D'Lo comes out with PMS, wants to know when enough will be enough, but they're not done with him. They call out the boss man for calling Terry a bitch backstage and force D'Lo to have a match with the boss man. And this is another moment, speaking to your earlier point, Eric, where it's what do these women want? Because because D'Lo is about to win the match and therefore um, vindicating Terry's honor. But instead, they distract the ref, allowing boss man to win instead. 
Yes. Also, just a just a side note, I find it very funny that Jackie is like riding on the coattails of Terry's miscarriage and was like, "Yeah, you misca- you made us miscarry, so you got to do whatever we say." And like I'm not, if I were Terry, I'd be like, "Who the fuck is us, bitch? Like I'm the one who just had to fucking give birth to a blood clot." So backstage, Dilo is being examined by the weirdest doctor ever. Um, fucking Dr. Nick ass motherfucker. <laughs> he has his hair comes to a V at the front of his head. He has a ponytail and he has an I can't place it Eastern European accent. Mark Henry goes, the ring is no place for a pregnant lady. To which the doctor goes, pregnant lady? Who is a pregnant lady? What is a pregnant rent lady? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, so Mark Henry clarifies that he's talking about Terry Ruddles. She has never been pregnant. You know that thing that all doctors do whenever somebody mentions a person, you give them their entire medical history? That thing. Listen, he's not HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, there's where's the HIPAA laws here. <laughs> uh, by by the way, by the way, uh, who is the pregnant lady? What is the pregnant lady? Is actually a uh, it's it's who's on first, but with a league of their own <laughs> thrown in. I don't know. Third base. Uh, you got, this might be a good time to point out to you guys that that is Doctor Francois. Um, who I actually believe, who like was an actual medical person on staff that everyone was using at the time, so he was essentially Doctor Nick from The Simpsons, uh, <laughs> which makes perfect sense for the healthcare received by wrestlers during this period of time. <laughs> Hi, everybody! <laughs> you can actually see him in the Beyond the Mat film, uh, the Mick Foley segments when he's getting like all every get butchered at Royal Rumble. Uh, I all I all I can imagine is like that scene from uh, Tim Burton's Batman where like the Joker is like having his face put back together and Doctor Francois is just like uh, you can't blame me look at my tools and they're all just like rusted. Oh no, your muscles are dangerously underformed. You need a shot of Doctor Francois's medical juice straight into your knees right now. <laughs> Pregnant? What's pregnant? <laughs> I see the problem. You're simply not big enough. Oh, hi, Mark Henry. <laughs> this oh, is essentially, man. essentially, um, fuck, I can't even remember his name right now. What's his name from the, the room? Disaster artist. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tommy Wiseau. This is ex- yeah, Tommy essentially Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> doctor for the wwf is that where he got his money honestly it, it tracks <laughs> they, they definitely could be related i did like Dilo like talking um talking you know the language jargon same, was like, yeah, same. No, you better not kayfabe right now you better shoot you better shoot me shoot me shoot straight me. And i was like yeah 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 shoot yeah. me straight yeah yeah, it, yeah yeah i loved it except the captions were trying to uh to keep the wrestling secret they would not say kayfabe <laughs> Really? Yep. They, they're like, you better not, you better not uh, Jar Jar Binks me. <laughs> you guys, the other network has poop my sh- their captioners have Please. standards. Okay, their captioners have standards. You, you better not Kate Blanchett me. <laughs> oh, 
and that's kind of where where the story mostly comes to an end um two weeks later yeah about two weeks later uh delo's fighting jeff jarrett um mark henry in the meantime has started having kind of a wandering eye towards deborah but in order to keep mark henry focused on uh what he needs to do that's when they bring out ivory as the the woman that mark can do whatever he wants with yeah missed that that's human trafficking right yeah i was like whoa is ivory okay <laughs> yeah also i i feel like ivory went to deborah's finishing school yeah. like she looked like she also had the same hairstylist which is uh nobody just literally like it was it, it, it was a, a a high-speed fan they both look like they came out of a rock tumbler just real shiny but not exactly all there <laughs> Also, for this week, Jared and Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart were both wearing T-shirts that looked like signs from like uh, from some kind of like alt-right rally. One just said "Don't piss me yes. off," and the other one said "It's enough, enough is, is enough. enough." It's like we don't know what we're mad about, but we're mad. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing about about Owen Hart wearing the "Enough is Enough" shirt is that the belt covers up the second "enough," so it's literally "Enough is not enough." It's like we can't even see the whole thing. <laughs> Actually, it just says enough is, and then underneath is a picture of two naked babies acting something out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like those Love Is cartoons. <laughs> wow, those two famous catchphrases. Don't piss me off, and enough is enough. <laughs> oh. So dumb. Uh, I, I have... I'll be in the bathroom. I have one piece of backstage history to share for this entire episode, uh, which is rumor. The rumor has it that they were purposely trying to give Mark Henry a bunch of shitty things because he was signed to like an unprecedented, like 10 year contract for so much money and was obviously like not doing so great. And so they were hoping he would quit. That's a rumor. I don't know if that how true that is. Uh, Folks would say that if they wanted to cut him, they just would have cut him. Uh, but there is a school. There is a, a school of thought on the internet that think that this storyline, among others, we shall see, were designed to try to push Mark Henry out because he was very expensive. Turns out, Oof. turns out, Mark Henry is just a team player, and it's like, fuck it, yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me to. <laughs> you can't debase me. I have no rock bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I. By the way, I, I want to point out that I thought Mark Henry had a very nice like. Um, improv moment when D'Lo was putting on his jacket and Mark Henry was like, you know what, your collar's a little messed up and just like fixed his collar. I was like, you know, right that was outside the limo. I'm like, you know what, this guy is a, is a true actor to some degree. <laughs> Using the top he really of his lives intelligence. In the moment. Yeah, functioning yes, the top of his exactly. intelligence. I don't know, did you guys catch, I, this is like a very small thing, did you catch like Delos sky high in, in the last match with where it looked like Jeff Jarrett was like, okay, time for me to go up. And like, cause <laughs> literally there is, it was the, it was as clunky as ivory. Like everything about the sky high was absolutely terrible by like two guys who are good at what they do. Uh, I but didn't, the sky high I was ready for it to edge be done. Was awesome. The one he gave edge though was awesome. When edge came off the top rope yeah. with like a missile drop kick attempt and he captured, but that was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Mark Henry is obviously going to be sidelined for a little while, so we don't really get a, a clean resolution to anything. Basically, on the February 22nd episode of Raw, D'Lo calls out Jeff and Owen for a handicap match and has the upper hand until Jackie gets a dropkick from the top rope. And then PMS's run-in during D'Lo's match at WrestleMania closed the door on this chapter. Anyone have anything wow. else? Any final thoughts? No, it was it was quite a ride, man. There was a lot. <laughs> some some ups, some downs, a lot of downs. A lot uh, of but, downs. You know. Um, I like that it humanized China a little bit. Again, especially in the beginning, it kind of gave this was like a new way of, for the audience to see China, which I think played a lot into like as she was kind of like getting bigger and bigger. I mean, when she uh pushed Jackie in that one week, she had such a huge pop. Um, so I think like seeing this different dimensions to China were good for the character overall. But yikes, I would like to erase this whole storyline like it never happened if we could. Okay. Except for the part where like Mark Henry tries to do like a a, a pseudo budget date. Like that to me is fine. I that's fun. Yeah, oh, I like yeah. That. I, I would we like can... it better without having to like blackmail China to go on it though by threatening to sue her for sexual harassment first. Yes, uh, correct. And also, I mean, I'll, I, the thing with the ending of this story, and we'll see it many times in many iterations that, believe me, get worse, uh, is that, like, it ends up being that the woman, play, like, it was a lie. Like, all the reasons why we have to remind everyone to believe women now, I think a lot of it can be traced back to teenagers watching WWE at this time. Because, like, the resolution to so many plots were always, like, and she was lying about it all along because she's an evil Jezebel who's only, like, uh, driving motivator is creating sowing chaos against the men she hates so much. So we want um, more Mark Henry doing human things and less bitches be lying, basically. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right. Yeah, Mark Henry. Mark Henry shows us the Liberty Bell. Yeah, Mark I kind Henry, of want. Uh... I want dirty jobs with Mark Henry. I just want to have him doing stuff around the country, trying things out, uh, and along with, with the ride that I want to see. Love us? Disagree? Want to? Oh, is it, uh, it's always uh, me. Uh, Wait, is it always me first? It's always it's always, Bobby first. it's always Bobby first. God damn it! <laughs> uh, throw it to me again. Love us, disagree, want to put us in a C clamp and send us out to sea. <laughs> oh, is it my turn now? <laughs> See, guys, I feel like we had to rehearse this at some point. Okay, sexual okay, uh... chocolate. We're ready for you. <laughs> oh, oh, want to. Want to send us to the store for some maxi pads? <laughs> Let us know. Email us at hellinacellfoman at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again with another episode next week. <laughs>